The theory of special relativity by Albert Einstein in 1905 is summed up by the well-known formula E equals mc squared. This expresses the equivalence of mass and energy, E being energy, m mass, and c the speed of light. If the energy of an object increases, so does its mass, that is, its resistance to acceleration or change in speed. Einstein's theory was based on the idea that the laws of science should be the same for all observers, no matter how they are moving, in the absence of gravitational phenomenon. Einstein followed this with his theory of general relativity in 1915, which included gravity in the equation. His theory is based on the idea that the laws of science should be the same for all observers, no matter how they are moving. It explains the force of gravity in terms of the curvature of a four-dimensional space-time. As Einstein said, it follows from the theory of relativity that mass and energy are both different manifestations of the same thing, a somewhat unfamiliar conception for the average man. Furthermore, E equals mc squared, in which energy is put equal to mass multiplied with the square of the velocity of light, showed that a very small amount of mass may be converted into a very large amount of energy. The mass and energy, in fact, were equivalent. It is difficult to argue this point, but it does seem to be rather at variance with Newton's theory of gravity, which preceded Einstein's theory of relativity, and which has been scientifically accepted for over three centuries. Stephen Hawking highlights this point that there is an inconsistency between the two theories, and that despite Einstein's 1915 theory of general relativity, the differences for practical purposes are quite small. Hawking's conclusion is that the two theories are not in practice as consistent as is often thought. He states, however, we still use Newton's theory for the most practical purposes because the difference between its predictions and those of general relativity is very small in the situations that we normally deal with. He also comments that the process of constructing a complete theory of the universe at one go is not really possible and that scientific progress may come from partial theories that are limited in scope. As Hawking explains, it is very difficult to construct a complete unified theory of everything in the universe all at one go, so instead, science has made progress by finding partial theories that describe a limited range of happenings. So instead, science has made progress by finding partial theories that describe a limited range of happenings and by neglecting other effects and approximating them by certain numbers. These admissions from two of our greatest scientists and theorists do not seem particularly convincing overall and do not motivate an individual to accept the firm embrace of science as a way of full and tangible understanding of the universe in which we live.